This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. Each week, we come to you with the best in medical chat radio. We invite you in to the Doctor's Lounge to share the conversations that doctors have among themselves, and we try to arm you with the information that you'll need so that you can advocate for yourself and your family with regard to your health care freedom as we fight for the doctor-patient relationship. The show is sponsored by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, which is the only physician-led healthcare think tank in the country. Um, the foundation is run by actively practicing doctors who um, are seeing patients every day and understand what's involved in taking care of you. So uh, please support the efforts of the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. Go to our website, d4pcfoundation.org, and if you enjoy listening to this show every week with my co-host, Dr. Mike Karuchik, and myself, please make a generous contribution. No contribution is too small. No contribution is too large. This is something that we need to have this voice out there so that you can learn about the issues that are um, confronting patients and the people who take care of them. So please support what we're doing. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. Hal Atlanta, and uh, we uh, uh, post on there things about the show and about uh, the uh, articles that uh, we write in uh, townhall.com and uh, other important uh, healthcare-related uh, issues. Well, the... Uh, Healthcare is starting to uh, look a little bit more interesting. There's some light at the end of the tunnel these days. Uh, since our last broadcast, we have a new Secretary of Health and Human Services, good friend of the show, and actually the uh, person who I uh, who I hold in highest esteem, who for me was uh, the reason why I, uh, I started the docs. Docs for Patient Care Organization, and that's uh, Congressman and uh, uh, Secretary-elect, I guess, uh, I don't know what the word for the impending secretary is, but Tom Price, orthopedic surgeon from Georgia who uh, um, has been a uh, strong advocate for uh, patient-centered health care. The uh, new head of uh, CMS, uh, Seema Verma, is uh, uh, also a, uh, a, a tremendous uh, free market reformer who created the Healthy Indiana program that was enacted by Governor Mitch Daniels when he was the governor of Indiana and was uh, continued by uh, Vice President-elect uh, uh, Pence, and so I suspect that uh, she was high on the list because of the relationship that Pence had with her because of the success of that program in Indiana, and what Donald Trump has told us is that he is going to uh, enact uh, block grants for Medicaid to the states, and uh, this team of Price and uh, Verma appear to be the right uh, uh um, duo to get this uh, uh, started, get the ball rolling, but there's a lot that needs to be done. Um, healthcare is uh, is is crushing us, but there's light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, and today our guest is uh, someone who uh, can speak about this from a business standpoint, and I think that this is very important and often overlooked. Um, 
in terms of uh, what's happening in our country to our businesses and how the health care costs and this whole health care issue is negatively impacting businesses in America. Today's guest is uh, um, a uh, uh, someone who has a uh, a, a a uh, long resume that that uh, I am not going to uh, do for the sake of uh, go into for the sake of time, but uh, it's the, he is the uh, CEO uh, and the uh, uh, president of the Job Creators Network, and uh, which I will not uh, describe. I'm going to let um, uh, Alfredo Ortiz, uh, our guest today, uh, describe this all for you. And uh, it's it's a tremendous organization, and uh, we'll uh, spend uh, the show talking about business and healthcare and uh, the direction that we hopefully are going to be going in. So, Alfredo, welcome into the Doctor's Lounge. Hal, good morning. Uh, thank you for having me. Well, you know, I. Um, I would, before we uh, really get into the meat of things, why don't you uh, tell our audience, we, they're usually tuning in here trying to uh, learn about things that are happening in healthcare. So this is, you know, we try to bring uh, different guests into the show so that we can give people a, a well-rounded uh, a view of what's happening tangentially in healthcare and, and a snapshot of what's happening in America. So, so uh, tell everybody what the Job Creators Network is. Hal, absolutely. Thank you. And, and, and really quickly, I want to comment. Uh, you had just mentioned about Congressman Tom Price, HHS uh, nomination there. Um, I think that's going to be a strong, strong uh, position there for him to fill. Uh, great opportunity to turn around uh, a lot that's really hurting uh, our small business owners. Um, I've known uh, the congressman for over a decade myself, and uh, I know his thoughts are, are really focused on what's best for America. And uh, I'm excited to also see him uh, be our uh, nominee at this point and hopefully soon to be HHS secretary. So uh, I'm with you on that one. I just wanted to comment on that. Well, but, thank you for sharing uh, that, Alfredo. Let me, let me talk a little bit about Job Creators Network and, and what we're about and what we do. We're a national pro-small business advocacy organization. Uh, we believe uh, fundamentally that small businesses in this country um, are have been kind of left out in the conversation. And, and, you know, there's a lot of conversation about, you know, big corporations and stuff like that, and um, the small business owners uh, across the country really don't seem to have a solid voice really to represent their needs. And so uh, several years ago, actually, um, Bernie Marcus, who was the founder of the Home Depot, and I'm sure many of your listeners uh, know that name, especially in Georgia, uh, started the Job Creators Network uh, specifically for that reason. Many folks don't even realize or probably realize this, that Bernie Marcus started with two stores in Atlanta. And so he was a small business owner himself and understands the plight of the small business owner. And today, the Home Depot employs nearly 400,000 people. And, you know, so when, when, when the business model works, it works. And it works for all of America. And that's what we're excited about. And that's what we promote, free enterprise and an opportunity economy. So the, the, the uh, Job Creators Network, what do they do? The primary piece that we do is, again, advocating for small business owners, whether it's at local, state, or national levels, through grassroots efforts, uh, through opinion pieces, or through uh, direct conversations uh, with um, folks on the business community side, and also even leveraging our um, small business owners and CEOs 
uh, to be able to voice, again, um, you know, the interest and what's best for our small business owners and represent them. So, for example, on the healthcare piece, um, we actually just came off a tour, about a 10,000-mile tour across the country where we hit 17 states, spoke to almost uh, two dozen uh, House representatives, seven governors, uh, talking about what is hurting um, you know, small business owners. And we talked to hundreds of small business owners on that tour. Um, Health care was a big thing. Um, the Affordable Care Act was one of the leading conversation pieces that was hurting small business owners. So what Job Creators Network does is try to assemble these small business owners um, so that we can create a mega megaphone uh, because how here's the amazing part when you look at the numbers there are about 29 million small businesses in this country and assuming kind of a one-to-one ratio that every small business has one owner um, but they employ 56 million people so when you add those two simple numbers together that's 85 million people in this country and you add dependents on top of that you're probably talking over 100 million people easily or a third of our population dependent on the success of small business and you, I think, uh, yourself can appreciate that, and many of your listeners who are also doctors uh, and in that field are also small business owners, um, and I think understand you know, the plight, and many of your patients probably are small business owners as well, understand the plight and the challenges that they've faced over, over the past uh, several years. So <clears throat> as a small business owner, which you're correct, Alfredo, I am, and um, uh, the, the in the medical field, that... that uh, that small business model sadly is uh, is shrinking. It's disappearing, um, mostly because of overregulation. Is that is that something that you're hearing about from other businesses as well? Yes, Hal. Across the board, that was the one leading thing that actually came up. Uh, you know, this I mentioned the Bring Small Business Back tour that we just came off of. Uh, there were three things that we were talking about, and it came from a national poll that we did with small business owners at the beginning of this year. But we found that overtaxation, overregulation, the lack of access to credit were the three main things that were holding back our small business owners. And again, when two-thirds of new job growth is in the hands of these small business owners across the country, it's really concerning to know that those three things were going to be impacted. Um, I think now uh, with the you know President-elect Trump, we're going to see a new administration here that's going to be focused on these three things and trying to address what's holding holding back uh, our small business owners, and again, in these three particular areas. But regulation, by far, was the number one thing, and within that, the Affordable Care Act really was one of the, you know, the leading regulation uh, that was a concern. One of the other ones was the overtime rule, which uh, I'm not sure uh, how familiar you are necessarily with that, but it was going to impact every single employer in this country, whether they're for-profit or not-for-profit. Um, Fortunately, um, there was a lawsuit um, that was filed in Texas, and um, the courts there were, um, you know, came uh, victorious from that perspective, and was uh, that decision was postponed, but it was supposed to be enacted as of today. Um, But that was really going to be a jobs killer for sure, uh, really impacting small business owners across the country. So, um, when when you're going around the country and you are discussing uh, your your message um, what is who, who are you trying to reach and 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 what is the message that that uh, you as the CEO of the job creators network is trying to deliver sure that, that's a great question I think uh, there, there are three constituents so to speak that are three targets I think that we've got um, first and foremost I think are the employers out there the small business owners that frankly many believe they are on an island of their own and that they're kind of unique in their particular situation and they don't really know 
how to organize themselves in a way that can have a mega megaphone, right? And so one of the things is that talking to them directly to say, you know, allow us to, to help you with that, right? We, we, but we can't be their voice until we hear their voice. And so that's one of the things that we ask people to please, you know, have conversations with us. That's why we did this tour, speaking to hundreds of small business owners, so we could get that. The second, though, I think are legislators. A lot of times legislators out there um, aren't aware specifically of how the impact some of these uh, policies are going to have on small business owners in particular. And so informing them and educating them on that so that they can make um, you know, the right decisions and have the right votes uh, when things come to that uh, I think is also critical. But then also I think the employees, uh, especially the employees of small business owners. And one of the things that we help small business owners with uh, in particular is something that's called the Employer to Employee Education Program. And we provide employers, uh, really free of charge, uh, with materials and collateral that they can use uh, to educate their employees so that employees can understand how a lot of these policies that sometimes seem uh, esoterical from some perspective actually impact them on a day-in, day-out basis and impact their, their, their paychecks um, and their pocketbooks. In healthcare, you know the um, the regulatory state has has been a killer, as as we've uh, mentioned a few minutes ago. And there's a um, many people who are focusing on the federal government to try to overturn things that are happening federally, while there are others, myself among them, who believe that the greatest wins can actually take place at the state level. Um, we're, we're coming up to a hard break, but I'm going to leave you a question right now to answer at the beginning of the next break, which is where do you find the um, biggest opportunities for business uh, uh, lies in, in terms of turning back regulations? Is it going to be federal or is it going to be state? And we'll answer that question when we get back in the next segment on the Doctor's Lounge. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge. Thanks for staying with us. My guest today is Alfredo Ortiz, CEO 
of the of the uh, Job Creators Network. And we, uh, um, at the break, asked the question, where are the biggest gains for small businesses going to be, federal or state? What say you? Hal, uh, I, I would actually say there's huge opportunities at the state level, and frankly, even in some cases, even at uh, more local levels, uh, city councils as well. Uh, but at state levels, I think there's a big opportunity. One of the things I mentioned uh, earlier on this tour, we had uh, stops with seven different governors across the country. Governor Ducey, actually, uh, the governor of Arizona, uh, is heading up what we're calling the Bring Small Business Back Governors Committee. And one of the things that we're looking at is how can we find best practices across states uh, to find ways that we can help, again, in particular, small business owners do what they do best, which is create jobs. Um, Governor Ducey calls uh, something what he's done in his state, uh, government at the speed of business, which I love, which is really uh, basically how can we get local government or state government uh, to facilitate um, you know, the growth of small business owners by basically getting out of the way, so to speak, or trying to make it easier. Uh, he has one example of where a licensing process used to take nine months, uh, and they've got that down to one month, and they're trying to get it down to two weeks. And that's the kind of stuff that we believe we need to do more and more of. And in many cases, uh, it's much easier to execute that than, than federal legislation changes uh, because in many cases it's the stroke of the governor's pen as the chief executive of that state. Uh, they're empowered to do those kinds of changes. And, uh, again, I think we need to look at more and more of that. Um, Alfredo, can you, can you um, share some of the wins that you think the Job Creators Network has uh, been responsible for? Sure. I mean, I think one of the big things that we had uh, at the beginning of last year, uh, the National Labor Relations Board, uh, which really are five unelected bureaucrats, um, really pushed forth what was called the joint employer. Uh, We actually took to the streets, literally uh, Atlanta and Tampa, for example. We uh, staged a rally at the National Labor Relations Board offices uh, there to really help them understand and realize that they were hurting small business owners with this kind of ruling. Fast forward, I think we put at least a bit of a slowdown to that. Um, and actually, we're very optimistic now with, with a new administration that uh, the folks that we put in place there will be much friendlier, again, to the plight of the small business owner and how these kinds of uh, rulings can really impact people. That one alone, for example, would have impacted and uh, is impacting uh, at this point until it gets changed. Uh, 18 million direct and indirect jobs in this country. And the bad part about that is it's not Congress that's making those changes. It was the unelected bureaucrats of the NLRB. Um, And that's one of the things we're saying. And let's say if that is the direction where the country wants to go, that's fine. But let's have those conversations on the the floors of Congress, not behind closed doors uh, with five unelected bureaucrats. So that was one fight that we did. Mm -hmm. And I think really just this latest round of... um, Again, conversations that we've been having across the country as part of our Bring Small Business Back tour, talking about how um, you know regulation, uh, taxation, lack of access to credit is really hurting us small small business owners. Uh, the the conversations that have taken place there, when you look at kind of the the op eds that have been written and the coverage that that really took place on that, I think we're very happy with uh, how that has come out and how we continue to be that voice of small business owners across the country. I'm really fighting for that. So I think those have been some good wins. Uh, Coming from the tour, actually, uh, Congressman Holgren um, out of Illinois, uh, for example, introduced a bill in Congress, which is uh, currently looking um, right now um, 
to be reintroduced for next year as well in that Congress, but it's called the Bring Small Business Back Tax Reform Act, really rolling back uh, taxes in particular for pass-through businesses or what we call Main Street businesses uh, with less than a million dollars in revenue, bringing and rolling back those taxes to 10% for the first 150, for example, uh, $1,000 of revenue and 20% up to a million dollars. That's huge benefits to our small business owners, as you can appreciate. That could potentially mean one more person that you can hire, maybe adding an additional line if you're manufacturing, uh, maybe buying an extra truck if you're in a delivery system, right? I mean, just re- an opportunity to reinvest in those businesses. So we're, we're really happy with that. Uh, reception has been very positive. Uh, I'm actually here in uh, Washington, D.C. this week, uh, walk, walking through the halls of Congress. The belly of the beast. For that. <laughs> I'm sorry? The belly of the beast. Yes, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Well, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely. I'm glad that you're the one doing it. So let, let's um, uh, bring this back to what the show is is about most of the time, which is healthcare. So share with um, our listeners what impact um, healthcare has had on the business community. Sure. You mean healthcare costs, pal? Yes. Premiums. It's it's been horrific. I mean, that's the one thing that consistently we have heard from our small business owners that it's killing them. I mean, they just cannot afford the premium increases. Um, it's taking away their ability to offer, um, in some cases, things that they believe they want to be able to offer their their employees. And you know, many used to be able to offer you know 100% uh, coverage of insurance costs, but they just can't with increasing premiums. Um, and the thing is, it's not only the employers that are being impacted, but the employees with the rising deductibles um, that are also unaffordable. And so that's been the biggest concern for us about the Affordable Care Act, that it's been nothing but unaffordable um, in terms of you know the increases on premiums to the small business owners like yourself, as well as the increase in deductibles to the employees. Um, you know, we need to find different ways of being able to address the actual cost, which was the original intention and, and, and mission we always remember, or I remember, of kind of the healthcare initiative was to try to bring down costs. Um, and when you look at, for example, um, litigation in the medical field, it's done nothing for that. Uh, we still have, you know, we still in this country don't have a loser pays type of, uh, you know, policy. Uh, to you know, try to address frivolous lawsuits, for example, and we need to do more of that. Well, that's that's absolutely right, and we talk about that often on this show <clears throat> about medical malpractice and the um, the stepsister of medical malpractice, which is defensive medicine, and contributes between two hundred and six hundred billion dollars annually to the healthcare budget, which is between um, uh, 20 and 25 percent of the total healthcare um, uh, costs. So, so you're 100 percent right um, with regard to that, Alfredo. Um, what what um, what we hear, you know, and what people hear all the time, the rhetoric is that uh, you know, in, when when we're talking about healthcare insurance and healthcare benefits. Businesses are stuck in the middle of all this. They get a bad rap because people are saying we've got to take away health care benefits from uh, from the uh, businesses who are getting the benefit of uh, giving this benefit to the employees. We need to give that same tax benefit to the employees, and we have to allow the employees to own their insurer insurance. 
so that it's portable so that people can leave their jobs without having to feel like they're tied to it because of the insurance. And those are all legitimate arguments. But the question that I always am confronted with, and I and I defend businesses, I, I think that business owners actually want to give benefits to their employees. Do you do you get that sense? How absolutely. I mean, that's the other thing we hear is that they want to give these benefits to to employees, and in many cases they had been before the Affordable Care Act was introduced, and because of some of the requirements, they've been you know they've been asked or they need to by law uh, take away those benefits. And unfortunately, uh, many employers don't actually know how to have that conversation or don't want to have the conversation with their employees. So frankly, the employers end up being the bad guys in the eyes of the employees, and that's one of the reasons why. You know, I go back to what I mentioned about employer-to-employee education program, you know, to help employers under, you know, explain what's going on and why it's not them, it's not their choice, but they've been mandated through federal law to change these policies and change these benefits to comply with the Affordable Care Act. And many times these employees don't understand that, but when you actually have these conversations with your employees, it's amazing how they realize um, and in many cases, what we hear back from employers is that the, 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 the feedback's been uh, people saying, wow, I had no idea that that's what it was going to come from this. It sounded such, like such a great idea, right, health care for all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they realize that in many cases they voted against their own interests. Yes. Again, lack of education. And, and I think that's a tremendous uh, program that that you have educating the employees because that's that's where it all starts and and if uh you know if you just listen to the rhetoric from one side or the other people people uh really uh don't know what they're voting for or what they're what they're uh who's representing their real interests right that's correct and again i go back i mean if you think about small business owners employing 56 million hard-working americans in this country I mean, imagine if all of those 56 million hardworking Americans truly understood what was impacting their pocketbooks and their paychecks. I think we would have a very different, um, a very different scenario uh, in front of us right now in this country. I, I tend to agree with you. So, so really, the answer lies with somewhere in the middle. That yes, people need to, as individuals, get the same tax benefit if if healthcare is. Um, going to be uh, uh, viewed if the tax system remains the same and anybody gets a benefit from it everybody should get that benefit uh, in, uh, individuals as well as employers and the the health insurance should be portable but also businesses should be able to if they choose be able to give their employees health benefits not at the end of a gun but because it's the right thing to do or it's something that they, they want to do because they, they care for their employees. That, that's correct. That's correct. And, and frankly, in some cases, it, it can be a differentiator for an employer right, versus another employer because at the end of the day, you also are vying for, you know, the labor force they, is mobile, right? I mean, they can choose to go to a different employer. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, when you basically mandate that every employer is going to offer the same, it takes away a big tool that employers have to really bring in, you know, the best talent possible so that they can grow their businesses. You bet. Absolutely. And a lot of employers, and we'll, we can talk about this. As, I'm going to leave this question because we're coming up to our next hard break. But some employers 
are answering this question by creating their own health care plans or ERISA plans. And, um, and that was in the crosshairs of uh, the federal uh, central planners. They, they hated that because it was actually undermining their um, overarching goal of, of uh, one-size-fits-all health care uh, system. And uh, that has been a, uh, a tremendous and a shining example of how the entrepreneurial spirit could fight back against central planners and, and offer something that works better than what people in Washington um, have to offer. So we'll, we'll um, talk about ERISA plans and more when we get back in the next segment in the Doctor's Lounge. Okay, great. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week for a full hour of all the best and latest information on how you can get the skills and equipment you need to protect the ones that you love. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And you're back in the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. My special guest today is Alfredo Ortiz, the CEO of and the president of the Job Creators Network. Uh, and uh, we have been chatting about businesses in America. The business of America is business, as as uh, one of our former presidents has said, um, and uh, we were talking about the um, how healthcare uh, is intertwined with that, and the and the challenges that businesses face because of the um, incredible stress that uh, government, through its um, regulations and taxation regarding healthcare, is placed on businesses. And one of the ways that businesses have uh, tried to do a workaround in uh, being able to provide health care for their employees because as I as we've 
discussed in the last segment, employers really do care about their employees. They wish to retain them because it's good for their business and it's good for employees. So they try to take care of them and keep them healthy. And one of the ways that they've done that is with self-insured health care plans or ERISA plans. So you know about this probably as well as anybody, Alfredo. So why don't you share with people what we're talking about? Well, I mean, I think, you know, how it's, you know, it, one of those options, ERISA plans, I think, is, is a great option. I mean, I think it's one of the things that we, we've talked about is, is that as business people, I think if we look at it, um, we, we, can, we can take on the big challenge of, you know, how do we offer uh, employees across the country and people across the country, um, you know, with uh, access to medical care, right, and, you know, the best coverage possible. And again, I think these ERISA plans are an effective and efficient way. I know it's something that uh, you know you've proposed as well, and others uh, in your industry. And I think, unfortunately, under the Affordable Care Act, that was definitely something that was taken off the table. Um, I think as we have a new administration come in, a new cabinet, and new HHS secretary, I think that is one of the big opportunities we have to revisit and put back on the table. I think that's something Congressman Tom Price has uh, also talked about as well. Um, and I think we need to revisit all options. Um, and all different plans, because I think while that's the risk is one, I think there's others that we can think about. Again, I think if we we allow what I call kind of the, the free market uh, enterprise system to kind of play here, um, I think we can uh, find amazing ways that we can address uh, the actual mission that was originally set to do, which is really try to offer the most affordable healthcare options uh, out there to as many people as possible. You know, an- another. Um Business-related issue from the Affordable Care Act that um, that we've heard the rhetoric over and over again. I'd like you to uh, comment on because you really are um, talking to all these small business owners all across the country. We've heard how how it has uh, really killed jobs. How because of the redefinition of what a full-time employee is. Um, and the, the um, requirements to uh, give them health care benefits. Many employers have had to change um, their hiring patterns. Can, can you, has, is, that, is that actually real? How it, it is, and that's the unfortunate uh, part, again, unintended consequences, right? I mean, in, in our uh, interests or in this country's interests or this administration's interest in trying to address that, you know, what we have seen is that small business owners in particular have had to adjust um, their hiring practices. In this case, not even just small business owners, I think most of America and most of American businesses have had to adjust their hiring, whether it's trying to, you know, reduce, you know, the workers uh, hourly, um, you know, down to 29 hours, for example, per week, um, or not to hire as many people so they don't hit those thresholds of, let's say, 50 employees or more to be able, you know, that are forced to then offer um, and be compliant with you know the Affordable Care Act, and so unfortunately, it's keeping people either from working as many hours as they would like to, uh, you know, and truly have a full-time work week of 40 hours, um, or um, employers from hiring as many people as they need to actually get the job done, and it's actually stunting their growth. So I think on both fronts, it's just been uh, it's been hurting uh, employees in particular the most. And we haven't heard enough about that from President-elect Trump. I think that when the Affordable Care Act disappears and these restrictions on businesses are eliminated, 
we're going to see an, 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 just just an unprecedented uh, boom in the economy just simply from this one thing alone. Correct. Correct, Hal. And I think, you know, we hear a lot about, I think, of something like, you know, 1.8 million jobs, I think, were claimed to have been created uh, this year. Uh, but, you know, when you look at and drill down, a lot of those are still part-time jobs, right? So people are underemployed, which is, in many cases, just as bad. It's not worse than being unemployed. That's, um, yeah. And so, you know, bringing back kind of that 40-hour work week, I think, is going to be critical. And I think when the Affordable Care Act uh, changes happen, um, I'm hoping to see that that comes back and folks who want to work the 40-hour work weeks can, and employers that want to employ more than 50 people because they're afraid of, you know, hitting that trigger can't. And we'll start seeing job growth and wage growth uh, come from that. So the Job Creators Network is really about all all employers. So how do you thread the needle between the interests of small businesses and the large businesses? Large businesses, you know, are are um, in in many ways um, choking off small businesses and. Uh, and, and uh, creating difficulty for them to survive. So, so tell tell me and my and the listeners how how that those those diverse interests can be can be uh, um, represented by the Job Creators Network. Sure, Hal. I think that's a great question. I mean, I think first and foremost, I think we need all kinds of businesses, right? And I think many small business owners out there um, look and go into their small business hoping that they can grow their businesses to one day become larger businesses, right, and big businesses, for example. Um, so I think, you know, we we advocate for a strong opportunity economy for the free enterprise system, so that should benefit all businesses and all people, uh, all Americans in this country. Um, in terms of Job Creators Network and our focus, we still are um, solely focused on the small business owner because we believe uh, our larger businesses in this country have representation. I mentioned to you, I'm here in uh, D.C. Um, I just need to, you know, walk around and see that there is representation on K Street by lobbyists of many of our larger uh, corporate businesses out there, and they have large entities um, and large organizations and associations that represent their interests very well. Um, what we're concerned about, again, are the small business owners that represent in this country two thirds of new job growth in this country is in the hands of small business owners. So when we're talking about jobs, 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 those jobs are really in the hands of small business owners. And that's where we're looking for that kind of creativity and innovation and entrepreneurialism to really come out is in those hands of the small business owners. That's what we're really looking for. And so that's what we'll continue advocating. I think, again, you know, the larger corporations, um, you know, we respect them highly. Um, at one point, they were small businesses, and so they worked very hard to become large businesses. We we hope that they continue to be successful because they employ people, and they are also part of the engine of our economy. But again, I think the underrepresented are the small business owners, and, and we continue to hope to be their voice. You know, it's it, as as uh, we'll we'll kind of uh, pull this back into. Um, medical practices as small business owners, we we run into this as physicians fighting the uh, the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, which are the hospitals, which are the large businesses, and um, we talked about this several uh, times in, in different discussions about regulations and and how they are actually killing jobs in the medical industry. The regulations aren't. Um, hurting us just um, 
by virtue of what we need to do to comply, but they're hurting us in terms of what we can't do. And what I'm getting at are laws that exist around the country, certificate of need laws. You, you probably are familiar with those. Maybe maybe you're not. Certificate of need laws are one of the things that, uh, that um, uh, are in effect in 35 states and District of Columbia mm-hmm. where you have... Um, uh, States that are uh, that have created uh, regulations for opening up competing entities in healthcare, mm. and this is a a job killer for the small businesses. And maybe that's something that the Job Creators Network can look into and can add to their list. Yeah, I mean, how that you know, I, I would I would love to get more information on that. But that's a great example, right? I mean, it's. You know, the one thing I would say to all your listeners, especially those in the medical, you know, community, as much as, you know, you belong to, you know, associations that are related to the medical field, you all are small business owners. Um, and I think in many cases what I guess I'm, I'm hoping uh, from the segment I, I've shown is that you need a voice. Uh, whether you're a doctor, whether you're, you know, a plumber, whether you're a, doesn't matter. I mean, if you're a small business owner, you're a small business owner. That's what we're talking about. Um, but we can't be that voice unless we hear it from folks, right, unless people sign on. Um, I ask your listeners to go to JobCreatorsNetwork.com. Or oh, you beat, you beat me to that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say that again, I, Alfredo. Yeah, JobCreatorsNetwork.com or DefendMainStreet.com uh, to sign up to get more information about how you can be part of this fight because we need we need folks, right? We need people to register so that we can create and string together um, a coalition. We're looking to be an organization of a million strong, a million members that are a million strong. And how I can guarantee you this, people do listen. Politicians worry about two things, money and votes. Yeah, they, and they sure do. people, small business owners, are significant voting bloc in this country, and we need people to act as one. We need the small business community to act as one so that we can make a change and we can make differences in this country. And, and that's actually how I reached out to uh, Alfredo and the Doctor P- and the uh, uh, Job Creators Network, because um, as a uh, as a, f- a physician-led uh, healthcare think tank, as as a organization representing doctors and patients and the small businesses in America, I recognized that there was an opportunity here for doctors who are in practice to um, to uh, unite with with a larger organization that is looking out for the needs of small businesses and and I think that uh, this is very exciting Alfredo I think that uh, you know w- when you and I chatted and we're we're um, we're beginning this nascent relationship I think that having a medical arm to the uh, job creators network is uh, is a very important and a vital um, uh, part of what the future of the uh, uh, JCN is all about. I, I, I think that's right, Hal. I mean, I'm curious. I'd love to ask you a quick question. In, in the medical field, how, how many medical uh, professionals, doctors, let's say, are, are there in this country? Well, that's a that's a good question, and those numbers are are not um, uh, exact, but. It's it's thought that there are about eight hundred thousand um, uh, physicians in the country between eight hundred and and nine hundred thousand physicians. Probably, 
that, that's amazing. And, and I think the last numbers I checked is the average office employs about 10 people each. Is that about right? Um, yes. The average number, and we're coming to a hard break and we can continue this conversation, but the average um, doctor in this country employs 4.1 full-time equivalents. Okay. Well, so, yeah, let's pick this up on, on the next segment. I'd love to talk a little bit more about this as well. Okay. Well, stay with us in the doctor's lounge, and we'll be talking more with our guest, Alfredo Ortiz. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. We're back in the Doctor's Lounge in our final segment. Thanks for staying with us and my special guest, Alfredo Ortiz. We'll get right into our back into our conversation, which was about physicians as small business owners. I did some math while we were off the air, Alfredo. So of the doctors who are in practice in this country who are not hospital employees, that number probably is between 250 and 300,000 doctors. Okay. So, so about 300,000 individual small businesses, let's say, would be fair? Yes. three. Well, 300,000 doctors in in uh, in practice for themselves. So, for example, my practice, we have 47 doctors. That would be okay. one doctor. We have over 300 employees. Got it. Got so, it. So, so it, it's safe to say that the numbers of employees probably across that is still probably in the millions. Yes. Yes. Three million. Yes, I think I think that would be, a, be a, a, a good so, a good bet between between two and three million. Yeah, so even if we can serve let's say two million plus another couple hundred thousand of doctors, right? So that's two point two million people that are impacted by this. Um, and then if you think about dependents and, and and you know friends of folks, I mean you you're talking two point five, three three million people. Imagine if we activated that group that base to be able to be that voice that also rep- is represented as well. I mean, it's a very, very powerful. When you start looking at these numbers, it becomes very powerful. Like I said, going back to 
since the opening, there are 56 million employees of small business owners right. in this country. And, I mean, and, in, in, in your field alone of just independent, you know, uh, you know, businesses, uh, uh, offices of, of within the medical community, it sounds like there's probably two to three million employees. Well, and we're just talking here about physicians. When you factor in other healthcare professionals like dentists, like therapists, um, chiropractors, you know, we're talking we're talking in the healthcare industry probably um, tens of millions of people who are impacted. Right. See, so, so, so this is how we're, we're talking about, right, is it's, it, it's about time. We, we need to mobilize not only the small business owners but the employees of the small business owners because I think in the past several years um, that voice just hasn't been there, unfortunately. Um, and, in, and, and even worse so, it's probably been the group that's been hurt the most along the way. Right. Um, and that's what we're fighting for, right? And, and I think you can see why we're saying, you know, being singularly focused on the small business owner, I think, for us, is the right thing to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes the most sense. And I know, you, you know, organization docs, docs for patients, I mean, I'd almost want to see patients for docs because I think, <laughs> I'm sure we could, we could round up some uh, fr- friends, of, friends of doctors here that would be more than happy to support, uh, support the cause and well, support the fight. Well, I think that we try to be a, a, a two-way organization. We, we try to get people who will support the work that we're doing. But what you just said is a great segue into a question that uh, our producer and station owner, David Moxley, kind of passed along to me. He wanted to ask wanted me to ask you, um, how do you get this message um, out there to the millennials, those who are um, crying for $15 minimum wage or who want free stuff, who don't realize that small business owners often don't take a salary so that they can pay their employees? That's a great question. Again, it all comes back down to the education process. Now, with millennials, right, we need to approach it a little bit differently because the way they absorb news and the way they um, their perspective sometimes on things are a little bit different. We actually have a millennial outreach uh, director that works specifically on that, that works with other uh, millennial-focused type organizations across this country uh, to be able to have that conversation with them because, you know, in many cases they don't understand, Right. Um, they don't understand that, uh, you know, they call themselves, this, this is actually funny, they don't like calling themselves small business owners, they like calling themselves entrepreneurs. Um, you know, and the funny thing about that is I would tell them, like, well, guess what, guys, eventually you'll become a small business owner, <laughs> um, and you'll understand what we're talking about. So part of it is just helping them understand, even in their nascent stages, um, what they're going to be facing and how these things impact their ability to succeed. Uh, you know, starting a small business is not easy, um, and they find that out many times the hard way. But in many cases, you know, the environment that's existed, you know, especially in the regulatory area, is so onerous that it makes it even harder for these small businesses to succeed and these entrepreneurial businesses that are, you know, being started by millennials. They just don't understand that. They don't see that. Frankly, they've never been told that. And, you know, going back to the high schools and colleges, uh, we need to go all the way back to that process. We need to go back to that point where we're starting to have these conversations in high schools and on college campuses. And unfortunately, in many cases, these conversations aren't taking place. And sometimes I think it's also the storytelling and how we actually deliver the message to millennials um, that's going to make the difference. And so we just need to do more of it. Mm-hmm. 
um, and be able to make sure that the conversation that we're having is relevant uh, uh, to how they're doing it. Is that part of the future plan for Job Creators Network to try to do outreach on college campuses? It, it is, actually. In many cases, um, there are organizations out there that have some efforts already on college campuses, and what we're looking to do is to partner with many of those organizations um, as any small, you know, good small business owner myself, right, I look at it and I go, do we need to really kind of recreate a wheel that's already out there or can we just partner with existing organizations? And we found a handful of great organizations out there that we believe we can work with uh, very well, that we can provide a lot of the uh, educational materials to and uh, look to um, their organizations to really disseminate the information out to the campuses. I guess... Uh there's there's a lot of this is a, a never-ending job because it's you keep getting new people who new millennials and and so this is this is a work in progress it is it is so you know we we're i want to we don't have much time left and and uh we have a uh a new election uh, we we ha- a new a new administration coming in. Uh, people I think are sensing um, for the first time in a long time s- something positive that's going to happen instead of more of the same. Um, in healthcare, we're very optimistic. Um, in fact, in today's Wall Street Journal, there's an op-ed that was written um, by. Uh, uh, Scott Gottlieb and Jim Capretta, two people who've been writing about healthcare for quite some time, about the four legs of a new healthcare system. Three of the legs focus on, you know, insurance, the same kind of things that uh, everybody focuses on. But the fourth leg is something that I have been um, focusing on and speaking about and writing about, which is really how do you lower the costs? And they're writing in here about deregulating the market and uh, allowing entrepreneurism, allowing the the um, the, the entrepreneurial spirit of, of those who wish to create, um, g- free them up, allow that to happen, take the shackles off them, and by doing that, the costs will come down. And I agree with that 100%. Um, I'm, I'm certain that you agree with that as well. What, what changes are you hoping to see in, uh, in the business community with uh, this new administration? Uh, I think, the, again, it goes right back to the regulatory piece. I mean, um, you mentioned in, in your particular area, you know, defensive medicine. I mean, I think we need to do more there um, to address, you know, the issues and, and the, uh, you know, legal, legal environment from that perspective and frivolous lawsuits. I mean, I think that can address, I think you said up to $600 billion uh, per year of incremental mm-hmm. costs related to that. I mean, I think that's, we need to work on that right away. But I think in the business community overall, it's, it's a regulatory environment. Um, I mentioned the overtime rule, for example, um, you know, this push for the fight for 15, um, you know, walking through that and looking at what it's really doing to the small business owners. I mean, it's, it's crushing small business owners. And when you think of who we're trying to help, um, and I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to this, but I went through the tables of the Bureau of Labor Statistics, <laughs> and I looked at how many people actually are we talking about, right? This group of people, older, you know, uh, adult Americans uh, that are making minimum wage, you know, with, you know, family for, there are 551,000 people, how, in this country, and, and, and trust me, I'm not trying to you know, say that that's, you know, it's only 551,000 people, but it is only 551,000 people relative to, let's say, the 5.6 million unfilled jobs that exist in this country. 
Why are we so worried and focused in talking about raising floors when we should be talking about raising ceilings, right? Yes. Perpetuating or or increasing uh, these minimum wages and these entry-level jobs is only going to perpetuate folks to remain in these entry-level jobs when they may be out of no fault of their own. They shouldn't be there. Let's focus on maybe on some skills training. And I believe that the new Labor Secretary, hopefully, which you know we're advocating for Andy Puzzer. I think he gets it. He comes. Uh, he's the CEO of CK uh, Enterprises, which owns Carl Jr. Hardy's. He understands what it takes to create jobs, right? But we sh- let, let's get these people focused on on the right skills so they can take some of these 5.6 million unfilled jobs. And frankly, that will fill up and and, and and kind of open up the opportunity for the youth of today to take some of those entry level jobs, which are so desperately needed in this country. Um, you know, I use the most famous uh, example of them all, which is our current POTUS, our current president of the United States, started as an ice cream scooper, <laughs> entry-level wages, entry-level job at Baskin-Robbins. Wow. Yeah. What if that job hadn't existed? Yes. Because the wages were too high. Right. right? And so we, we need to think about that. We need to put things in perspective. And I think if we do more education and start acting, what I would say, a little bit more like business people that look for actual solutions to the problems in this country faces, I think we'll be much better off. And I think, again, addressing the regulatory environment is one of the key things that we can be looking at. Well, you know, I echo echo that um, entirely, and and, um, I think that there's a lot of uh, promise and hope, and and, uh, we're coming to the end. So, Alfredo, once again, tell people um, how they can learn more about the Job Creators Network. There's there's two sites, uh, Hal. One is just jobcreatorsnetwork.com. Again, jobcreatorsnetwork.com. They can find information on what the organization is about and who's part of the organization. But if they want to join the fight, defendmainstreet.com defendmainstreet.com that's a site that we use uh, we have small business owners across the country to help help us you know join in join the fight um, help you know participate in one way shape or form help contribute to the cause um, if we all get together even uh, small small bits can really go a long way and you put on forums around the country do you have any upcoming ones uh, we don't right now uh, we're in the middle of uh, putting together our uh, 2017 calendar um, really kind of be focused on kind of the first 100 days and really trying to make sure that, you know, the small business agenda is uh, front and center um, to the new administration. Okay. Well, thank you for being with us. Stay stay on the line, uh, Alfredo. Um, we'll, we'll reconvene in a moment. But thank you for uh, being with us today. This was a, a very uh, different and informative show than what we usually talk about. Um, follow me at Dr. Hal Atlanta. And go to the Docs for Patient Care Foundation, D4PCFoundation.org. Thanks for being with us in the Doctor's Lounge. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.